grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening, the epistle reading from Ephesians 4, especially these words. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ. There you have it. There you have it. God's word for how to live a Christian life. Put off the old. Put off the deceitful. Put off the sinful. And put on holiness, purity, Put on Jesus. It's just that simple. Put away the bad. Put on the good. Put away the evil. Put on the holy. Put away Satan. Put on Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There it is. We just sang a hymn in great detail outlining the Ten Commandments. God has told you how to love Him, how to love one another. So just go and do it. Right? Be a good Christian. Would you like 10 steps to help you along the way? You can go to the Christian bookstore or pretty much anywhere on the internet and come up with a 10-step plan for how to help you achieve a better life, a more holy life, a more Christian life. My friends, if you haven't figured it out by now, that's impossible. It's impossible for us on our own to put away the bad and put on the good. It's impossible for us to will or desire from the heart to just be a better person and make it happen. Or as the world would say, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. I don't know how that saying ever got started. It is physically impossible as well as spiritually impossible. So... What in the world is the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, teaching us here in these words in Ephesians 4? Well, the problem is, all too often, we start here with Ephesians 4, rather than realizing what happened and what God has taught us in the previous three and a half chapters. There is probably no greater part of Scripture than Ephesians chapter 2 that teaches us of the wretchedness and totality, the total depravity of our sin. We are born 
in the trespasses of our sin. We live in the trespasses of our sin. We cannot save ourselves or even take the first step towards salvation. We are dead, spiritually dead, lost in the trespasses of our sins. But God in his mercy has saved us through Jesus Christ. It is by grace you have been saved, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. It is by grace you have been saved, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. We must get the order correct. We are lost, spiritually dead, lost in the trespasses of our sin. We're not mostly dead. We are dead, dead in the trespasses of our sin. And God, in His love and mercy, makes us alive. He vivifies us. He gives us life by the power of His Word in the same way that He spoke the Word and brought into existence all of creation. He speaks the Word and brings life, new life, true life into you. It sounds like this. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It is in holy baptism where God delivers Jesus to you. Not a little bit of Jesus, but all of Jesus. His perfect life where he lived according to the Ten Commandments, fulfilling them completely, not breaking them, not even a little bit, not once. It delivers to you not only the perfect life of Jesus, but the all-sufficient death of Jesus, where Jesus goes to Calvary's cross, bleeding and dying our death. He didn't sin. He didn't have to die, but he freely and willingly became our substitute. As we sang through those Ten Commandments. You couldn't help but think or drift away when you got to one particular commandment, different for each one of us. One particular commandment that, that hit particularly hard. A commandment about hate or anger. A commandment about lust or laziness. A commandment about not honoring God's Word, even the sinful desires of our heart. The Ten Commandments leave us no wiggle room. They leave us no loopholes. We are condemned. And we know it. 
And Jesus has fulfilled that word and that law. And it is that Jesus, our Savior from sin, His perfect life, His obedient death, and His victory over sin, death, and the grave, God's holy absolution, that Jesus' work has paid for the sins of the whole world, now delivered to you personally. God taking up residence in your heart. All of that happens in the first three and a half chapters of Ephesians. God is not telling us how to get saved here. God is not teaching us the doctrine of justification here. He is teaching us, Ephesians 4, 22 to 28, what the Christian life looks like. He says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. God is teaching us here to remember our baptism. God is teaching us here to return to the baptismal font each and every day. Why? Because there is a war going on inside of us. A war between our former way of life, our, our old self, our sinful nature, the, the old Adam or old Eve, which still lingers and clings to us and seeks our destruction, and the new person, the new man, the new woman, the new life that God has given us. Both are true. Both live in our heart. And it is a battle. It is a battle each and every day. The old man and the new man are not compatible. They can't become friends. They can't work it out together. The old man, the old flesh, that sinful desire must die. It can't be trained. It can't be housebroken. It's like a pit bull that you never know when it's going to take off and bite. The old nature, the old Adam, the old self must die. And that's exactly what we do when we return to our baptism. We drowned that old nature there along with all of its sins and lusts and evil desires. In a simple word, we repent. We repent. Repentance consists of two parts. First, that we confess our sins. That we know our sins, we acknowledge our sins, and we're sorry for our sins. The second part of repentance is faith. Faith. 
Faith that clings to the Word of God. Faith that clings to Jesus as our only Savior from sin. Faith that actually believes our sins are forgiven and we have been given a new life in Jesus Christ. My friends, God simply wants us to be who He has made us to be. To be a Christian. To live the life of faith. To walk the walk and talk the talk. I don't know if those words mean anything today, but that's exactly what God is saying. To make the good confession and to live the Christian life. Paul goes on and he talks about three specific ways that we can and should live the Christian life. Therefore, verse 25, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. My friends, remember who you are. You are born again, born of water and the word, born from above. You have a new life, a new life to live. Live it in the truth that God has given you, the truth that has set you free. Be people of truth. Put away lying. Speak the truth with your Christian neighbor. Speak the truth with your pagan neighbor. We speak the truth with our brothers and sisters in Christ because we are members of the same body, members of the same family. We speak the same language, and that language is the language of truth. Paul goes on. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. We could spend a long time here, couldn't we? Paul is saying, remember who you are. You're a baptized child of Christ. You are born again. You are born from above. You have a new life to live. Go ahead. Get angry. Get angry at sin. Get angry at false doctrine and false teaching. Get angry at anything that offends against God and His Word. But in your anger, don't sin against your brothers and sisters. If you have a quarrel, settle it. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. You know what that means? Work it out before you go to bed. This is especially true for husbands and wives. 
Don't go to bed angry. Stay awake. No matter how long it takes, work it out. Let the love of Christ and the forgiveness that flows from the hands and feet and side of Jesus flow into your life, flow into your marriage. If you don't, if you don't forgive, if you let your, your anger fester and grow, you are giving a foothold for the devil. You are giving him an opportunity to attack your faith. Satan loves to stir up anger and anger into hatred. And Satan, Satan is an expert at it. And we, we are his playground and playing field. There's one more. Let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Remember who you are, a baptized child of God. You're born again. You're born from above. Remember that our God is a gift-giving God. Everything you have and everything you are is a gift from Him. Put stealing away. If it isn't yours, don't take it. If you borrow something, give it back. If you're paid to do a job, do it. Don't leech off the generosity of others. We have no right to take what doesn't belong to us. Even if the ones we take it from are greedy and corrupt or big business. When we steal, even in little things, we're telling God that we don't trust Him. We don't take, trust God to take care of our bodily and physical needs. My friends, in our gospel reading that we heard a few moments ago, some men brought a paralyzed man to Jesus. Shockingly, what did Jesus do? He forgave the man's sins. He healed him and enabled him to walk. The exact same thing is true of us. Paralyzed, dead in our trespasses and sin, we were brought to the baptismal font. God forgave our sins. And then he said, pick up your mat and walk. Go on your way. Live this new life that I have given you. Forgiving our sins. God has given us the ability to walk the Christian walk. We have put on Christ Jesus. We have new lives to live. 
We don't live holy lives in order to earn or merit God's blessings. We don't live holy lives to gain eternal life. That's already ours. It's been given to us on account of the person and work of Jesus Christ delivered to us in the waters of holy baptism. We live holy lives because we are forgiven. Because we have eternal life. God has given us our life to live. And so we live them in Christ Jesus. May God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our walk in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.